big problem is the infrastructure for manufacturing is already in China. What you have to do is prevent stuff from going over there, and you have to hold on to our intellectual property. Because once it goes over there, it's really, really hard to get back. Hello and welcome to today's MTD podcast. Today I have got two guests. One you will recognize is a good friend and colleague, the Italian stallion Giovanni Albanese, who's an advocate for UK manufacturing and technology in general. The second, Noah Graft, is a used machine tool dealer who specializes in Swiss style and multi spindle technology in the United States and often prefers to use the title Treasure Hunter. He has been working in the family machine tool business, Graf Pinnert, for 10 years. Treasure <laughs> Hunter also runs the Machine in World, a business-to-business blog about precision engineering industry. And he hosts the Swarfcast, a weekly podcast about precision manufacturing businesses that have common threads with MTD CNC. Gents, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. Joe. Thank you, <laughs> Joe. I'm really, I'm really privileged that you called me a, an Italian stallion, but uh, most people refer to me as a Shetland pony. So, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> Did you not write that then, Gio? I thought you wrote that. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Raph, well, uh, yeah, Noah, welcome well, to the show. I, I, thank you. This is so know. cool um, because I never get to be the one interviewed. It's it's always me on the other side. Uh, so. This is fun. Um, you know, secret is that we edit our podcast a lot more than you guys edit it. So it makes me, I, uh, hopefully I'll be smooth enough for this. Um, but yeah, thank you for the, for the introduction. The, just a correction, the family business is called Graf Pinkert. Um, I'm Noah Graf. My grandfather, uh, Leonard Graf, started the company 80 years ago with his cousin Pinkert and that's how we got the name but you are not the first person to uh to stumble upon that um so yeah I I just I really appreciate this and, and it was fun to interview you Joe and if anybody wants to hear that you can uh come over to ours so what's shaking what's up yeah, no, it's good to good to finally catch up. I know we've uh, been missing each other's emails and calls while I've been missing yours rather than the other way around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so just how, how did you get into engineering? How did you get into manufacturing? Nepotism. Um, I, I am not an engineer. I went to school for measuring in history and film. And um, about 15, 16 years ago, my dad started uh, today's machining world. It was a, a magazine, a print magazine about at the time about precision machining. He had gone into the family machinery business and he also had a master's in journalism. And so it had been his dream to kind of combine the two. And he started uh, today's machining world back in about 2000. And so I got out of school and wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. And he, he kind of lured me in to doing the media business. He said, oh, broadband is coming and, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to be doing all these videos. And I was all about video. And, you know, so this was like 2005. And um, 
I get in and it was just a little too early for broadband, but I started writing and editing and um, got into it. Uh, had some side film projects at the same time, but I was doing the media business. And then we took the magazine online, entirely online, uh, about 2011 or something. It was finally the first time we actually made any profit was when we stopped being in print. And um, we had a little more time. So I decided I'd give the machinery business a try. It's fun. You get to travel around the world and meet all kinds of interesting people. Um, And then uh, you know, get to do the media business as well. So kind of combine, uh, two interests. And, um, and then about two years ago, we started, uh, Swarfcast. So it's our own podcast and it's, it's an extension of today's machining world. So that's our thing, but I am not an engineer. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a techie, but you know, after you're around a while, you, you know, the differences in various types of equipment and just the little things, you know, I'm, I'm good at, if I go look at a multi-spindle screw machine, I can go, oh, it has this, it doesn't have this. Oh, I see this little, you feel this little really, you know, small spot on the machine. If, if, if it's rough, stay away from it. If it's smooth, it's, it's gold. Uh, you know, so it's more tricks of the trade. Um, and yeah, you learn how stuff works, but I am no engineer. I just talked to lots of them. Yeah, we've we've got we've got a few people like that, haven't we, Gio? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, no, great story, Noah. It's uh, it, it's it's the first time I've got to speak to you, so it's an absolute pleasure, and it's it's nice to to learn a little bit um, how things work in the second hand market in in America for sure, and 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 to see the differences between. America in, in in the UK, but yeah, I, I think that yeah, we, we've got a mixed bag in the UK. You know, we've got engineers that have um, gone through their apprenticeships, and then we have engineers that you know have gone straight into sales, and 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 there there is a difference. There's no right or wrong, um, and I, and and I'm I'm curious to know Noah, um, the the treasure hunter you mentioned looking for gold <laughs> is it, it, it rough and rough and smooth. Is is that basically kind of the, the a, a big part of your business? Then, really, you know, trying to yeah. to figure out, you know, a, a decent machine and, and and maybe a not so decent machine. Yeah, well, I mean, it's combing the earth for. It's a little bit more of a, a romantic way of putting. Um, yeah, I buy and sell dirty, oily old machine tools um (laughs) you know and i buy them for as little money as i can and sell them for a lot more than i buy them for this is a little bit more um i don't know it it, when you're doing something it, it helps when you frame it in a certain way in your mind and um and it kind of makes it more fun right it's like you're sometimes you're going into these dingy old factories and you know, you're looking for treasure or you go, you go into some nice shop and you see, you know, maybe you went in to look at, uh, you know, half a million dollar used index MS 32. And then 
you end up seeing something totally, you, you say, hey, what's that parts washer over there that they're not using? And they go, oh, really? You're interested in that? And you go, yeah, well, maybe. And, you know, you, you, you go to someplace thinking you're going to sell something and then you end up buying something. You go to some, <laughs> somebody calls you up about one machine my wife you don't have that machine, but you have something else that you can make way more money on. So it's and the other guy, the, the other day, for instance, somebody, I had bought two machines. Uh, they're called Lyco machines. Um, you ever heard of a Lyco? They're these machines made in Taiwan. They're sort of, they're kind of like a screw machine, CNC machine. It's kind of like a brown and sharp with 10 servo motors on it. We had heard of these machines and this guy calls us up because um, he, he thought we might be interested. And he says, oh, I have two 65 millimeter ones. I buy them and then they arrive. And one of them was a 42 millimeter one. <laughs> which is not cool when you buy a machine and the <laughs> wrong machine comes. But, you know, we talked it over and it ended up, maybe it's better that uh, we got two of them. Maybe the other one's more saleable in the first place. I don't know. It's just kind of like our business is sort of serendipitous and I don't know. I Is this, uh, this is maybe more of a lesson for life than a lesson for somebody who's interested in engineering of machines but i mean it's the same thing right you have to like keep your eyes open absolutely i I think that life is a game isn't it and i think that like you say i think having that mental kind of um that that mental kind of image of of your your role and your task i think that it it does make it more exciting and uh, buying and selling does make the world go round ultimately doesn't it in in whichever way shape and form or whatever industry you're in ultimately it's the buying and um selling that 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 makes the world go round and what is the sliding head market like in america i'm i'm familiar to a certain degree with the american market and the machine tool market out there and i was always um made aware that the horizontal machines were the main machine tools in america not really heard much about the sliding head market oh my god right now swiss machines sliding head machines that's interesting. You guys call them sliding heads over there. We we just yeah. call them Swiss generally. Um, if you can find a good one, like that's treasure right now. Like that's what everybody wants is Swiss machines. Uh, you know, there's the main, there's the top three, the um, Sugami, Star, Citizen, and then, you know, Tornos. There's a whole like group of, Tornos religion and then then there's Hanwha that's also that's kind of like the the fourth one on the rung fifth one um and if you can find a late model one for not a lot of money like boy they want that you know people in related to covid and people not related to covid that's that's the thing yeah, what, what's the uh, what, what's the market like in the US at the moment? Uh, you know, are engineers busy? Obviously, with COVID going, you know, uh, COVID going on at the moment. But we do hear we do hear similar things in the UK about reshoring. I know that's going on in the United States at the moment. <laughs> the market well, generally. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, well, look, I I think number first question business is really 
it's really good if you're in sliding headstock, that's for sure. Um, as far as reshoring, you know, we've done some podcasts where we've talked to people intimately involved in reshoring. I mean, people that are basically, their organization is all about reshoring and, um, there hasn't been any proof of reshoring according to these people. There's lots of talk. There's lots of anecdote stuff. There's lots of we're quoting work. Um, but actual work that was in China and now starting to be made again, that exact same work in the United States, uh, nobody has real proof. Um, okay. That's interesting. Cause you hear different over here about the United States. You hear States. things, you hear things, yeah. but what, uh, if what you ask you, the experts, you like? can you give me an example? They will say, well, not really. And maybe, maybe I could, but I, I really can't. It's confidential. Um, I interviewed a guy um, a couple podcasts ago. Um, his name is Yossi Sheffi, and he is a uh, supply chain specialist. Um, and uh, he just wrote a book about the way the supply chain got turned upside down during, uh, this year. Um, and I asked him about reshoring if anybody was, would know about reshoring. It's this guy. He's a supply chain professor at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And, um, what he said was that the big problem is the infrastructure for manufacturing is already in China. This the he says he called it the ecosystem. So like you have these shops in China and they're so interrelated with one another. Um it's not just like you know making one part and another part um and then you ship it to back to England to get assembled or United States. It's like all these things are related, all these uh suppliers and vendors and you really can't just, you just can't undo it. Um, you can get stuff um, assembled elsewhere, but you cannot change what's already there. It's, it's just intertwined already in their infrastructure. So he says, what you have to do is prevent stuff from going over there and you have to, you know, really, really hold on to our intellectual property uh, because once it goes over there, it's really, really hard to get back. Yeah, that that, that makes that makes sense. Um, since we last spoke, you, you've got a new president. How, how is Biden going to compare to Trump? Because whether you like Trump or not, he was a big advocate for uh, manufacturing in the United States, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, um, look, I I loathe Trump. Um, I think he's a tyrant. Um, but what I will say is that, um, you know, when, before he became president, like our business really sucked. Um, and it was kind of like, uh, when he was elected, like a switch flipped and all of a sudden things heated up. Um, he was good because for, for our readers, our listeners, they love Trump. Um, is it because of a certain demographic is because that they're, um, you know, in the United States, it's kind of weird. You've got like the fiscal conservatives 
and the religious people and they're all kind of unfortunately they're all sort of got this coalition but basically in the united states if you're a business owner small business large business you're happy when a republican becomes president because like you know it's taxes it's um lower regulation you know these people with shops they can't they can't stand when the regulators are coming in and um trump made their life easier it's true um and it's also some of it is just psychological um and if they feel like they're in a better world they're going to be more aggressive and if they're more aggressive somebody else is going to be more aggressive and and that's you know that's the way way it is it's psychological is 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 biden going to uh hurt the way things are um i don't know i just i guess the problem is just that i think trump you know i hate trump but the thing is trump didn't do there were a few things trump did that weren't that were positive um i think being tough on china and not taking crap from them uh there was something to that, definitely. Um, he had the advantage of just not caring. You know, he's just not, he doesn't give a crap. He doesn't care if uh, farmers have problems because, you know, China's playing hardball. He doesn't, he doesn't care if something bad happens to anybody. And when you don't care, uh, you're able to do certain, make certain hard decisions that other people wouldn't have the balls to make. So uh, the pity is that they'll probably undo everything that he did, even though, you know, maybe 5% of the things he did were positive, 10% were positive. Um, that's a pity. They will undo it just because he did it, even if they think that it's, uh, even if maybe in their hearts they know that it's not bad. But Really? Anyways, I hate Trump. I put me on the record. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I try not to discuss politics with any of our customers because um, it's it's just not it's not in my best interest. Let's <laughs> hope they're not listening. And they oh, they will be listening, <laughs> and and that's okay. I I I'm not. You know, they'll also know that I'm I'm somewhat objective. I understand if 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 things are helpful to their business and it's slightly helpful to our business i'm willing to make that trade-off um it's okay they can i just won't get in a conversation about it with them it's um it, it's certainly um a really crazy world that we're all living in at the minute and um there's so much change uh, but joe and i have, have been talking over the last year and, and one thing that does come with change is opportunity. And, and there's never been so much opportunity out there um, that there is at the minute. Um, Noah, just going back a few steps, really, you know, you're mentioning that kind of your sliding head business is growing even through the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Do you believe, do, do you believe 
that it's growing and it's been accelerated due to COVID. You know, we, you know, in the UK, sliding edge market has been growing for years. You don't see a sliding edge shop that hasn't got any work or that has not grown. They're, they're like money printing machines. Um, and then add on that to that, that they're already fully built in with automation. You can run 24 um, seven. And then with COVID and, and the restrictions of workforces, so on and so forth. Right. Has this, you know, helped your business? Oh, totally. I mean, um, it helps us because our customers that we have in our database, our our contacts, they carry these machines. Um, historically, multi spindles have been our bread and butter. Um, cam multi-spindles and later CNC multi-spindles like indexes and but uh, you know automotive is sort of um, iffy like and particularly during the pandemic even though a lot of people were buying cars you know it it's not easy to be in automotive and so Swiss is a great place to be and it's you know, you would think at first people aren't going to go to the dentist so much to get and need dental implants because of the pandemic, or people aren't going to want to get eye surgery um, and need medical products for that. But I've talked to people, like I just interviewed a guy uh, who makes, you know, microscopic parts that um, the guy named Dan Rudolph and his company, uh, they make parts on citizen machines that are as small as 0.1 millimeter in diameter. And um, they're making stuff for eye surgery. And you'd think eye surgery, oh, during a pandemic, people aren't getting eye surgery. But he says he has more business than he can handle. So, yes, Swiss is, Swiss is the place to be. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, it, we saw that over here, I guess, on the eye surgery. I wear glasses, and when you wear a mask, it, it steams, steams them up, doesn't it? So possibly... Oh, I started wearing contacts, like, constantly now. I wasn't wearing contacts that much, and now I'm all about them because of the mask. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If we, if we look at the sectors in the United States, it's obviously, you go back some time, heavily dominated by um, by automotive. I know you're, you're, you're in Chicago there, but it's... You know, the States was renowned for GM, some huge, huge, huge automotive manufacturers. Is that still the case? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it's more car, it's more trucks. It's more SUVs. Um, Americans like to buy big cars. We're not into buying Fiats and little, little toys. <laughs> But um, in regards to um, prior to this podcast, Noah, it was quite interesting, really, in the way in which we promote our businesses, whether that be in the UK or whether that be in America. Um, you've, you've got your own podcast, Noah, um, and we were talking about social media. Is this social media and also kind of digitalization and videos, et cetera. Is this for you the same as it is for us, the future, you know, in regards to making sales when it's so difficult now to potentially get in front of a buyer? Um, 
you know, I, I think that's true. Um, it's interesting, like the last two podcasts I did, um, both Swiss machine shops, um, both owned by very young people, like, you know, in their 30s, early 40s. And they both told me that they got business from Instagram. They say they got business from Instagram and business from word of mouth. And, you know, to me, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Um, I said, how do you get business from Instagram? And the guy goes, well, we like to put like bloopers up on there. You know, like when we screw up on a part, we'll, uh, make a video of it and people will see what we're screwing up on. And, uh, and then they'll call us up and say, Hey, can you make it? So it's sort of counterintuitive. Um, yeah, I mean, I think videos are the thing. I don't know. I, I think that would be a good podcast to interview somebody about. Um, just keep talking about. I try to. I'm, I keep trying to do seasons for our podcast. Um, you know, like right now we're doing a season on Swiss. We did a season about people around the world uh, where we interviewed Joe, and I think a season about. Um, how do you get work would be really interesting because so many it, people do it in so many different ways. Some people are more traditional with the sales rep and some people are just word of mouth, internet. Um, I make, you know, educational videos, et cetera. What do you guys think? I think that I'm really surprised that that guy has got work from posting, posting, in scrapping parts <laughs> that 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 kind of cool, that, that, that surprised me <laughs> but no no i think i think but that just really does show the power of social media and the power of, of, of video because it's giving him exposure and ultimately that is how he's he's winning the work he's putting his name um, and he's getting his name out to a massive audience that you couldn't potentially do driving around in a car every day um and i, and I think that you know the world has changed and um, you know, some people are still trying to work in the same way as they did prior to COVID and, and maybe word of mouth was the kind of way in which they won work or maybe they didn't need any more work at that time because they had a full order book. But I, I certainly think now, um, 100% in my opinion, that without a shadow of a doubt, you know, these social platforms, um, video content, digital content, podcasts, I think it is definitely the way in which you know people will will win work. What what do you think, Joe? Do you do you agree? Um, I think we'd be naive to think otherwise. You know, you, you you can't you won't be able to illustrate a product. It can't sell on social media. Yeah, it's uh, you know if you're going to buy a car, you probably don't buy it over social media, but you you probably do your research. You know, you watch a video on it. Probably not the manufacturer's video because they're not going to tell you the truth. You go to your, your independents, I guess, your, your NTD, CNCs of the car world. And then you, you make your purchasing decision online, don't you? you don't want, I can't speak for you guys, but you don't really want to speak to reps. You want to do your own, you know, you know, you want to do your own research, your reconnaissance, and then speak to the rep about hopefully getting a good deal. But, you know, I, uh, Instagram doesn't tend to be as big over here as it is in the US. I know that, That's you know, um, over here, Twitter's really strong, really, really, really strong. Um, but it's all about LinkedIn and, and I, YouTube, really. LinkedIn. LinkedIn and YouTube, I, yeah. I, I have a question for you then, uh, Joe. It's, I mean, clearly your whole model is based on, you know, for MTDCNC is based on video being the way to sell. 
Um, so when you go to your clients, do you have to give any rationale? Do you have to say, here's data on videos, or this is why you need to do it? Or is, 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 you don't really need to do that anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's occasionally, you know, occasionally. We're very fortunate that probably 90% of our business is repeat business. So you don't have to do the, the sales pitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's, but to be honest with you, it, that's the beauty about digital marketing. You can prove it works. You can prove when it hasn't as well, unfortunately, but you can prove it, you can prove it works. And everywhere we go, oh, that's a nice vice. Oh yeah. I, what I saw on your channels, I bought one of those and oh, that's a nice machine. Yeah. It's bought off that video you did on my mate's shop down the road. And it, it, we're here everywhere we go. We, it, we, we did five years ago, but this last 18 months, it has gone berserk. Uh, really has um and why wouldn't it why would you what you know why wouldn't you go on the internet well that's your only choice now you're not going to go see it in person yeah quite yeah 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 no it's no it's crazy just on an incidental note that that phone call we had last time cost me 180 pounds by the way i thought i thought i had i thought i had a deal to phone the us but evidently not so that cost me 180 (laughs) pounds what are you talking about I'll put, I'll, put your, uh, I'll put it on your invoice but uh but yeah no so you're for anyone who wants to tune into uh noah's podcast it's the swarf cast by the way swarf cast um, yep and, yeah, and swarf if you want to if you want to look at our website it's today's machining world.com and that's sort of one in the same sure so not not to confuse it with uh my Twitter handle or Swarf and Chips. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the Swarf cast. And you tell me yours was before ours, evidently. Well, we've, uh, you know, back when my dad started the magazine, um, his gossip column, you know, his main column was just called Swarf. And um, so I don't know, maybe that I guess that does years by a few years so we it started with swarf and then our blog is called swarf blog and um the podcast understandably is called swarf cast it's been great to catch up we uh we, we should do it more often really we should yeah do it this more is often. so fun i'm i'm really glad we finally yeah. got together and uh it's it's amazing to me that you guys are able to just do a podcast straight through without really having to doctor it up and edit it. And I, this seemed to go pretty smoothly, but, um, I'm, yeah, it boggles my mind. You don't want to know how, how much I obsess over the stuff just to seem like it doesn't take an obsession, you know, you, you know, from video, you know, like it's not about being real. It's about the illusion of being real. Sorry to all my listeners. It's just an illusion. (laughs) (laughs) perception perception that no the that's not the right way of putting it it's an illusion <laughs> well it's a pleasure to meet you uh giovanni and and good to talk to you joe uh when when yeah. will this when will this come out you can edit this part oh. out if you want <laughs> this, this, this is actually this this actual podcast is being released on monday for, yeah for, for, all right for our, our so our podcast goes out every single monday um, and it's been a pleasure to, to talk to you as well, Noah. And um, I think it's nice to be able to get perspectives from different countries. Um, and um, yeah, it'd be great to do something like this again. And, and the subject yeah, sure. that you mentioned, how do people win work? 
you know, but maybe even how do people buy machine tools? You know, how do they, you know, how do you break down barriers to entry and how do they, um, you know, take the leap of faith would be a, a good well, podcast for me for the future. That is a great podcast. The thing is, and I know we're going over time, so you can just edit this out, but I, I like to say, and as I'm, you know, I'm being sort of self-deprecating here, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most technical person. Um, so if I'm trying to sell a Swiss machine, a sliding headstock citizen, and somebody is a Sugami user, I don't think I have the skills to tell them to convert them to this other religion of machine. I like to think machine tools are like a religion. So I, I'm, I think I'm, that's like missionary work, like convincing somebody to a whole nother religion. I'm just a matchmaker. Somebody wants a citizen. I look for a citizen. That's the path of least resistance, you know? Sure. <laughs> that's that's sure taking enough. it to a whole nother level. So I have all the respect in the world for those new salespeople who can like persuade people. Mine is better than the other one. Yeah, 100%. But thanks for your time, Gio. Great to catch up as always. Cheers, Joe. But uh, yes, yeah, so if you want to tune into the, the Swarfcast, it's uh, it, it's available on all the usual uh, all the usual platforms. It's a Swarfcast. Go and take a look. But gents, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. We'll catch you all soon. And for everyone listening at home, thank you for listening to the MTD podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.